Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Broncos podcast. I'm Chris Braden alongside me, Ray Crockett. Ray. I re-listened to our podcast that we did last week and you and I ended that podcast like we were upbeat, man. We were feeling great about it. We were like the Denver Broncos, you know, they're going to go out there going to win this. They got smoked at home. Embarrassing on Shanahan day. While all you guys are there. We're like, there is literally no way that the Broncos are not going to go out there and put up a good effort. I just want to give you one stat before we get into it. The Denver Broncos ran the ball 14 times. If we take drew lock out of the mix recipe for disaster. If you're the Denver Broncos. Yes, for sure. For sure. I, I, I definitely feel somehow, some way, I don't know why that uh, we got away from the game plan mm-hmm. and, and, I would say we got away from finally figuring out who we were for the remainder of the year, or at least for this year. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, let's just face it. We have not been a great passing team. We, we have not been a team that can win games throwing the ball 30, 40 times, 50 times, whatever that case may be. We're run heavy play action pass type offense is what we should be anyway. And I thought that's kind of what we had figured out. Now, mind you, I will say the Raiders are smart, you know, sure. They have opposing coaches as well. So they're not going to let you just run the ball down the throat. I mean, they, they knew that. So they ran a, a bunch of different blitzes for the run. So with that being said, but you still got to try to run the ball. You, know, you still got to try to run the ball. And I think what happened with Shermer is that Shermer saw them running a bunch of exotic run blitzes. And, of course, he got away from running the ball. He just said, hey, they're not going to let us run the ball today, so we're going to throw it. Either way, it, it, the game plan just wasn't good. The game plan wasn't good. I mean, we were horrendous on third downs. Mm. You when you cannot when you cannot get third downs. It seems like for whatever reason, I this is the part I don't understand. Now I get it. Now let me help Broncos country out. A lot of teams, the, the NFL is a copycat league. Okay, what I mean by that is, you know what what copycat means from being a kid. It means yeah. doing something that somebody else is doing. You're I'm fixing to copy the background of your videos this week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so it's a copycat league. So what teams saw the Chiefs do, the Chiefs were very explosive with Tyreek and those guys. But when it came to third down, the Chiefs would throw a lot of passes a yard or so short because a lot of people play to the stick. Like a lot of coaches defensively, they'll tell the corners and safeties, hey, it's third and 10, play the sticks, which right. means play at 10 yards. So it makes it tougher for you to get the first down. You have to go 
past 10 yards or below 10 yards. Well, Kansas City said, okay, if most of these defenses are going to play us to the sticks, let's just throw short passes and we're going to bet our athletes are better than your DBs. Sure. And they can get the first down. Well, you got Tyreek Hill, you got Kelsey, you got those guys. That's a different set of guys, right? So oh, that's why it doesn't work for us. Is that what we're saying? Yes, that's the point I'm getting to is that we don't have <laughs> Super Cat. We don't have Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, and those guys. Right. You know, we have bigger body guys that in my opinion, they go down a lot easier and they're not as, as elusive as the other guys. So we start throwing these passes two, three yards below the first down thinking, hey, make somebody miss in space. Let's get the ball to our guys as quick as possible and make you know let them put the onus on them to make guys miss in space. Sure. Well, well it hadn't been working, okay? It hadn't worked all year. Right. So you got to change, which is takes me back to my problem all year with the Broncos. It's been AQ, not EQ, not IQ, but AQ, adjustability. They don't adjust well during games. They don't adjust, haven't adjust well during the season, haven't adjusted well with schemes. The whole nine with players, with personnel, everything has been after every loss, everything stays the same. That does not work in a high-performance business. <laughs> when you're in a high-performance business, there is a reason it's called high-performance. You have mm -hmm. to perform. And if things are not performing well, if your special teams are not playing well, week in and week out, Something has to change. If your offense is not producing, something has to change, whether it be players, whether it be scheme, whether it be coaches. Right. Something has to change. And that's been my problem with the Broncos all year. Yeah. Nothing has. is changing. Nothing is changing. And no. Fangio keeps saying the same thing. Oh, Teddy's still the quarterback. Uh, offensively, we're, we're going to stick to uh, the coach is still the coach. Everything is still the same. That's why you where you are now is because you have not made tough decisions to change. Let change me, me. makes people uncomfortable, but that's the high-performance business. You are supposed to walk into work uncomfortable daily. Right. When we played for Shanahan, there was no comfort. Right. It was uncomfortable at practice. It was uncomfortable in meetings. It was uncomfortable in the games because you knew you had to perform. It's too much comfort at the Broncos facilities right now. That's true. So, like, Ray, are you telling me that if you walked into your local coffee shop every morning and this barista, like, spills coffee on you every morning, you're not going to find either a new coffee shop or a new barista? Like eventually you got to say, I'm tired of you spilling coffee on, you know, <laughs> eventually you got to say, look, man, the coffee's not hot. Right. You know, something has to change. And, and that's the problem. And that's why Fangio, I, I, I put in my tweet, I said, Fangio had a chance to save his job. Yes. 
But because he's so emotionally attached or so emotionally unattached, one or the other, however you want to say it, or he's so, you know, accustomed to status quo that he's going to go down with the Titanic. Well, and that Titanic is named Pat Shermer, if you ask me. So let me ask you this, because I love talking to you about the X's and O's a little bit. We talked about everybody knows that the Raiders has a nice pass rush and they can get there with four. And you talked about them doing run blitzes. And I, I think we discussed how if you get the Raiders to move laterally, all those cut back lanes will be there and stuff. Why do you think that they didn't try more? What, like on a run blitz, when the defender's coming up and we're run blitzing, what is he exactly doing? Is he filling a gap? What's this guy doing to where Pat Shermer couldn't figure out, man, we got to stop running. I mean, they ran for like what, 18 yards? Poor Melvin Gordon had minus four. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and here's the thing what they were doing, what happens when you run an exotic run blitz? You bring more than they can block. Right. And 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 you have to be very much so gap conscious. So what you end up doing, you've heard the old saying, eight in the box. Yeah. So they were exotic blitzing by saying, okay, if this guy doesn't release, blitz. Okay. Like if the running back, if the tight end doesn't release, blitz. So they would put hands on the tight end jam them up, and then a linebacker would blitz. So it turns into an exotic. The reason why it's called an exotic blitz is because I'm reading you. I'm not just blitzing the blitz. I'm reading you. So if the running back doesn't release right away, I blitz. What that makes the running back have to do is stay in to block. So therefore, you can kill the passing game and the running game at the same time. But you really just blitzing to stop the run. So what would the Broncos do? Like, would they try to maybe go outside on some of those runs or maybe bring in a big boy fullback or something? Like, what would you do to counteract that? You definitely have to change your scheme. You go too tight. You go heavy is what it's called. You go heavy. You bring in two tights or you spread them out and still run the ball. Right. Spread them out means you go three, four wide receivers. Spread them out, and you can still run the ball. You get open lanes that way. That's what I'm saying by our scheme. We don't change. We stay the same. Like, for instance, the first half, the run wasn't working. We came out with the same stuff. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, spread them out. I'm like, change. Spread them out. Do something different. You know, you see the run game is not working. Spread them out. Or in the passing game, we kept – our whole game plan this week was to run these deep overs. Yes. So we have tight end running a deep over. We finally got to Jerry Judy running a deep over and finally got him on a 40 yard game. Mm-hmm. But we started out with the tight end running the deep over. He's too slow to get over to clear. Then you have Pat, Tim Patrick clearing it out, or you would have Sutton clearing it out. And finally, you got Judy coming over. So once we completed the deep over, we ran a deep over like six times. I'm like, dude, you're not gonna get them six times. Like, <laughs> you got you got 140-yard game. Change, you know, switch right. it up. So I'm 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 looking at that's the frustrating part of it. now with Drew Locke, we have to talk about him. He played a decent game. 
He wasn't the reason they lost, if you ask me. No, he definitely wasn't the reason they lost. I I don't think he was still set up to to win. Mm. I mean, he made a couple of good throws. The receivers didn't help him. You know, we dropped two, three, one, two. I think we dropped about four passes. They weren't used to seeing that ball get up on them like that. And you know what? And that that could be it, to be honest. I mean, that could be it. Teddy throws a softer ball. Drew Locke throws a, a, a tighter ball. So that, that could be part of the reason. But Julak made a couple of plays that I was impressed with. But he definitely needs the running game. He's not a guy that's ready to throw the ball 30, 40 times and win a game. Right. Just not him. So he definitely needs a running game to help. As we kept getting behind the sticks, we kept getting 37, you know. So sure. therefore, I think when you get yourself in that position, you get behind on the stakes in the run by losing yardage, or you're continually trying to get deep balls down the field instead of just saying, you know what? Let's let's try to average three yards a pop. So that we get ourselves in a manageable third down, third and three, third and two, instead of third and seven, third and eight, third and nine, you know, which we were in a lot. So that that's part of the problem. It's, it's harder, to, of course, it's harder to get thirty nines than a thirty two. The uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit is the offensive line didn't really help Drew Locke out that much. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, he's been taking taking a beating this year. I think a little bit unfair. I think he kind of proved that he's a little bit better than some of Broncos country are thinking right now. Yeah, they, it was it was tough for the line. The Raiders have a good front seven. They just yeah. do. Mm-hmm. So we knew it was going to be a problem already. And that's why I said at the beginning, you cannot go into Crosby and those guys and say, hey, we're just going to single block. Right. You have to change it up. You have to go heavy, too tight so that you can go max protection or you do a lot of chipping. Sure. And I didn't see either one. I'm, I'm just, I'm just so frustrated, man, with Sharma right now. <laughs> I can't let's, let's kind of talk about the offense as a whole. Cause I think you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, Pat Shermer, golly, I don't even know what the stat is. If the Broncos go into halftime losing or close, they just end up losing. And the, it's one, just weird. I think they're like one in twenty-three. Yeah, <laughs> when losing it's crazy. Ahead, that's and that's about adjustments. That's and they have bad. tons of tight games. Go look at all the scores. You're like, holy cow! Exactly. You're one, so, one of tells, these? so that tells you all about what you need to know when it comes to their ability to adjust during a game and their ability to adjust at halftime. You cannot be one and twenty something. <laughs> In tight games, it just it baffles me. It baffles me. Just that alone should say something needs to change, right? So when you put when you put those things together, like Mm -hmm. like you just said, one in twenty three. When losing that half, you lose a game. You lose all the games to the Chiefs and the Raiders. You know, right? You start to add all these things up, and you say. But nothing needs to change. No, it, it just. Let me ask you this: thirty-six minutes time of possession for the Raiders as to twenty-three 
for the Denver Broncos. Who do you think was running the ball better that day? Like, that's not the only way you keep time of possession. Chiefs do it sometimes, too, when they want to. When they want to go on one of those 10, 12-play drives, they can run out clock, too. And that's what was really disappointing for the for the Broncos was they got the ball ran down their throats. So bad. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was frustrating to see because we didn't adjust to that either on defense. It's like, okay, you see what their, their game plan is to run the ball. Yes. And not let us run the ball. That was their whole game plan. They say, you know what? <clears throat> we're going to switch it. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to make sure they don't run the ball. So that's when you start saying, okay, we have to use the passing game as the run. Sure. Meaning, throw some screens. Throw some three-yard routes. You know, instead of running the ball for three yards. Go first down, quick pass. Go first down, quick screen. Make them have to adjust their blitz levels, spread them out, make them have to adjust, and then go back to our running game, what we really want to do anyway. But you have to adjust first. You totally do, Ray. And you've been on a lot of great defenses and you've played for a bunch of different coordinators and stuff like that. And here's the thing. And I always keep hearing this in the media, the Broncos defense is playing so well, but they just aren't seeming to like close these games out. And I think as a defensive player, it almost feels like the goal of Vic Fangio and the defensive team is to make it look different than what we see with our eyeballs. Like I can't imagine a lot of these Bronco teams I've watched throughout the years. You, you know, when they get a little bit of lead, you know, they're going to like fight and claw and scratch to hold on to that and get that ball back for the offense. And we're just not seeing that. I mean, it was like that this week. And then last week Broncos go up. Uh, I think Tim Patrick caught that touchdown and 30 seconds later, they're behind again. Is that, is that just the fact that the Broncos defense knows that the offense isn't going to come through. And then like at the end, they're like, like 36 minutes on the field for that defense, man. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot. Well, here's the thing is that you have to understand that the Broncos defense play the first drive was, yeah, I think the first or second drive, whatever. One of the drives, it was not good. They got ran right through. Yeah. It was was right down the field. But other than that, they made some plays. They made some turnovers. Mm -hmm. They stopped the Raiders. I mean, it was close. But you, you cannot expect for your defense to be able to stay on the field as long as they did when you're continually getting down on third down offensively, you're not creating third downs. So when you're, what were we on third down? One for uh, two, <laughs> 10 or something like that? I, I have it right here. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, so when, when you're one not for completing, 10. yeah, one for 10. When one for one complete, on fourth downs, Ray, though. One for one on fourth downs. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> the problem with that is, is that your defense does not get time to adjust. It doesn't get time to rest. They don't even so, have time on the bench to go change their scheme up on top. Exactly, because we're not, you know, we're not completing our third down. So with that being said, it is. It gets to a point to where it's frustrating as a defense. You, you cause a fumble. You know, you, you get an interception. You know, and, and and 
you're giving the offense extra possessions, and they're one for ten on third down. <laughs> I mean, just think about that. We That's got to be disheartening, but, man. Like, yes, takes the wind out 10. of your sails. Exactly. You go get an interception. I mean, if the Broncos didn't score that touchdown. Chubb scored the touchdown. <laughs> you know, yes, uh, it was uh, that was an offense. Chubb finally made a play. He did. And, and that, yeah, it was a Chubb sighting. It was, it was nice too. It was a, a very nice play. Great, very good to see that he existed still, and, <laughs> and and he made a play. So you you have to put that touchdown even there. That's on the defense. That wasn't sure. even on offense. That's true. So 100%. so yes, it just gets very frustrating when you look at that. Is you, your offense is one for ten? I mean that that doesn't bode well for anybody. Before we move on, I want to ask you this. You playing DB for so long. Jerry Judy has not made it to the end zone yet this year. And then it was a really awkward play. I'm sure you saw it where Drew Locke threw him the ball. I think it was for a first down, maybe like an eight or 12 yard pass. And Judy jumped when he didn't really have to. And then he kind of knocked the ball down. It was weird. Like he didn't see it or something. Yeah. And here's the thing with Judy. Judy, even in college, has had some drops like that. Judy, sure. Judy is always he's kind of stiff. He's a stiff catcher. You know, okay. he, he likes to cradle the ball, and and that ball for whatever his ball's coming into his face. Sometimes he has a problem catching up, and and it has some heat on it too. Wasn't it weird looking though? Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was definitely unorthodox. He didn't. Uh, he didn't look real coordinated at that time. But I, I to to his point. When Drew Locke scrambled and, and, and got free going to his He right, made a great play on that. And that ball came with some heat on it. Yeah. It, it was did. probably it was probably an eight-yard throw, but it looked like he was throwing about 50 yards. I mean, because you know, he's running his momentum. He wanted to make sure he got it him. there. Yeah, and it came up on him quick, but that's no excuse. Judy got to catch that ball. Have you ever had any fingers in uh broken in practice catching one of John oh Elway's lasers? Well, it wasn't John, Brett Favre. I mean, <laughs> if Brett Favre didn't throw so hard, I, I promise I would have eight more interceptions on my career. Because I dropped, I dropped probably eight passes of his because he just threw him and he throw so damn hard. You look at all the receivers' fingers that he played with, and he's broken, you know, several. I'm like, you're not going to break my damn finger. I, <laughs> I don't get paid. <laughs> I, I'm not a wide receiver, so I, I was like kind of break. And that's kind of what Judy did on that play. Mm-hmm. He kind of braced himself. You know, he braced his hands, stiffened up his hands. So okay, like, that makes sense. Yeah, now. yeah, and that's why the ball looked so awkward. It looked like he volleyball hit it down, like he spiked it because he, break, you know, he, t- he tissed up because he saw the ball coming so fast. But at yeah. the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, he still has to catch that ball. So you look at that, that was a, a third down that they're off the field. Then a tight end drop. I don't know, did that guy from from the all 22, it looked like the defender got his hand a little bit on the ball that the tight end dropped. Yeah. I don't know if he got it, but he definitely messed up his eye angles and all that. Yeah, he was in yeah, there. I know. Yeah, he, he was he, in there. Yeah, he put his hand kind of in the in the throwing lane, yeah. uh, or like you say, in the eye perception lane. But that's another ball that has to be caught some way somehow. So with with those two plays, and you know what? That 
the tight end. What, what's his name? Uh, Albert Okawebanam. 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 Yeah, everyone says it different. Yeah. yeah Okabuni is what they called them this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They mess up every week. Okawebanam. Oh, he has to somehow make that catch. And then the game, it could be, it, it could be a total different game. Because that was possibly a touchdown, definitely field goal range. And that was possibly, you know, either a touchdown or a field goal there. So I think then, he was surprised know, the ball got through the DB's hands there. Didn't you know he, what I he mean? He was, yeah, because he's like, I, damn I said, it, I hit thought, my hands. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be intercepted. So, you know, we just we've had some bad breaks, and but still, yet still it was the same. It was, it's just frustrating. As you can see, it's frustrating with me. I'm just I'm just tired of, of, of hearing. Everything is status quo. Everything is staying the same. I mean, at some point, you got to change. You got to change something. Let me ask you this about the locker room, because you're 100% right. And here's the two sides here in Denver, and in the media especially. Okay, it doesn't make any sense to fire Fangio and put every, you know, burn everything up with two weeks left. And it makes a better business decision. That's one camp. The other camp, I'm kind of in this camp. I think it's time to make some of them uncomfortable. I mean, you know, like <sighs> at least get rid of Shermer. I mean, they got guys that can pull up a better game plan than that. And I mean, you know, I mean, I mean they, I, they can figure something. I would have, I would have released Shermer two weeks ago. You know, oh yeah. I would have, I, I, I would have as, as a GL when we had a shot, Mm-hmm. You know, to 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 make it in a plow. At this point, I don't know. I don't know if it if it's going to make a difference. To be honest, would it make a difference in the locker room though? If somebody, it may, it, you know, like if Fangio's may, gone, would the players be like, oh, maybe they'd be excited? They're like, oh, maybe something different for the next two weeks. I think I think if Shermer is gone, more so if, than if Fangio is because they kind of like him. Yeah, I, th- I think they're okay with Fangio. I I, I think. You know, Fanjo's problem, like I said, is that as a head coach, you have to make swift and harsh decisions. Sure. And, and he just he just doesn't do it. He's just, you know, that's not. Now, I, I don't understand. What was the deal with, with him and McManus going at it? Oh, what was but, that well, about? He didn't call for the kick soon enough, and McManus didn't really have any time to go through his, you know how those kickers his are. It's progression. Yeah, yeah. progression. He didn't have any now, time to do any of that. Yeah, and, and that's what I that's what I thought was that McManus was a little pissed that he didn't get to his focus. You know, kickers are are are, are real superstitious. And they're routine. about the process. Yeah, yeah, they're real routine. So he didn't get his routine off. So I saw that, but I, in that moment, I thought to myself, I'm like. Fangio really got fired up. If he would get that fired up as Sharma or the special teams coach, maybe things would be different. Well, <laughs> and you don't see a kicker going kick. after a coach very often. And it's funny because, like, some but people in Broncos. That coach- is, but see, that is how frustrated the team really is. That is sure. something right there that shows you that inside there's a lot more frustration than what is shown outside. When the kicker feels that, hey, I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> well, and you, you know, know, it sh- proves that it's happened before. Right. And they've probably right. had a conversation about it. And exactly. it, it's not the first time. It's only the first time we got to see. But, you know, it's just like they say in a relationship. 
It's like I said, when you let little things faster, little things faster, once something happened, it can be something minute that'll blow up the whole thing. And you'll be like, damn, were you really that mad about that? No. What he's mad about, he's mad about all the timeouts you've been calling and and and, and, and all the challenges that you've been missing. And he's yeah. mad you haven't changed the offense with Shermer. That's what he's mad about. Yeah. But he just got pissed off about his routine. But he's really mad about all other stuff. Well, I heard some people in Broncos country saying, hey, man, you got to get rid of him. I'm like, do you watch NFL? These teams go through kickers, man. They're looking for a guy like him. You let him go. He has a job like before he even gets off the field. And that's the dumbest he thing can't I've ever do heard. That. Whoever said that should not even be uh, a fan anymore. Oh, I know. Well, it was some people in the media, too. And I'm like, what? No way. Once you got a guy, you keep your guy. That's your guy. Maybe he had a yeah. bad day, whatever. And you know what? Let's be honest. How many times has he gone out there and, and won a game for you or hit, made that kick? You know what I mean? He does it. First of all, He's great. First of all, they say he had a bad day. He was two for three. He's making over 50-yard kicks. Yes. <laughs> it's not like he, he's missing extra points or he's missing a 30-yarder. Right. You know, these are 55, 56, 57-yard kicks that, that they might miss. Okay. I, I, could, I could take that. <laughs> I mean, Do you think I it's strange that. they made him a captain? The players have so much respect for him, they made him a captain. That's saying well, something. That's definitely saying something. That's definitely saying something. Or it's saying that we don't have a lot of <laughs> great special team players. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the reason why special teams are bad. <laughs> that, that they said we'd rather have a kicker be the captain than somebody defending or returning or whatever. So, I mean, it, it goes both ways. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Well, we'll put that uh I think I told you this off the air before we came on the Raiders, the Broncos handed them a nice uh, holiday gift with that victory. All they have to do is win their next two games and they're in. I don't think they're going to win the next two games because I think that Colts team is legit. And that's probably the team. Nobody really wants to play in the first round. That's just a physical tough team. And, you know, do you ever see them abandoning the run now? Be it. They have a great running back. They do. Sure. True. But we have a couple but, of nice running backs, too. Exactly. And they have basically had a, their offensive line have oh, used probably seven. Yeah, but I'm just saying they've used about seven different. Yes, they have. When you when, last week, they had four guys hurt. Yep. Or out with COVID. Yep. And they still ran the ball. And they mm-hmm. still ran the ball. All they did was change the scheme up a little bit. And said, instead of going, you know, cut back, we're going straight at you. I mean, let's just run behind Quentin Nelson today. You know, it's just frustrating <laughs> the way the way you see what the Broncos offensively. It just looks very, very old and stale. It does. You know, I mean, I feel bad for the players more than anything because I feel like they have plenty of great talent on that team and guys that could really show out, and they're not getting that opportunity. And, you know, we yeah. talked at nauseum about the wide receiver position. Well, you know, a couple of, you know, maybe one of the best tandems in the NFL getting what 18 yards. I mean, come on, man. That's not them. That's not yeah, them all the way. No, I mean, now, now the team, granted, 
Yeah, granted, we don't have, like I said, we don't have wide receivers that I would just put up against anybody and say beat them man to man. But we do have capable wide receivers that if you scheme them right and you put some creativity in what you're doing, that they can get up. But that's like, man, I, I my, the last example I'll give you on the offense is I counted when I stopped counting. We ran the fake jet sweep like six times. <laughs> Why? We never run it. Like, who are you fooling? Like, that is an unnecessary motion, unnecessary movement. Why? Nobody is fooled. I like, I, I'm looking at the defense. When Judy goes across on the fake jet sweep, nobody even adjusts. Like, they don't even adjust to it anymore because we do it so much and, it's, and they know that it's not coming. They don't even adjust to it. They don't nobody even look even at moves. it. No, they don't, nobody even moves. So I'm like, <laughs> as an offensive coordinator, if I'm watching film, just like I do, I would say, you know what? That's not working. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we continue. To I would do so that I'm after, like, like, the second time. I'm like, oh, they ain't even moving. They ain't, yeah, not they're that. not even moving. So, so what's the point? So <laughs> just that, just that one example is what you know irked me or what have irked me all season about this offense. Well, put the Raiders in the book. We got the L.A. Chargers. I almost said San Diego because I want them to move back so bad. I mean, going to that game like you could be in San Diego, you could be at Laguna Beach at like. 10 a.m. and be like, hey, man, I want to go watch football, and I could go buy a ticket and just walk in there. How awesome is yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then back I could leave early could. and get back to the beach. Yep, back in the day you could. <laughs> so I'm looking at the uh, injury report here. We haven't really brought up this. Big Fangio's made it 100% clear that if Teddy is cleared, he wants Teddy to play. If you're on the medical staff, you might not want to clear him just yet. If you hear that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this guy's got two, two this year, right? Yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand. I just, I, I'm just trying to figure it out. What, what, what happened between Fangio and Locke? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's something, something is going on there. Well, I mean, something just, with, with the monitoring where him and the whole QB room destroyed all their COVID monitors and stuff. And you know yeah. what? That's not a mature thing to do for any of those guys. Number one, number two, you had more veteran players in the room like Blake Bortles that, right. Right. you know, so, I mean, and let's just face it. Like drew lock might not be the most mature kid, but you know what? I did stupid crap when I was that age too. Like exactly. I had to get some grace sometimes. Exactly. That's just exactly. the way it is. We all, we all need it. We all need and it. And he isn't getting any. <laughs> no, no. And, and, and you know what? And, and the only thing I, I mean, I, I guess I just look at it. I don't see Shermer giving him a, a lot of support mm-hmm. and confidence. I, I mean, so it, it's, a, I, as you can tell, I'm just ready for this season to be over and changes to be made. I mean, we got two games left, and I don't think it matters at all. I mean, the players say that they're not going to quit, this, that, and the other. I understand. But at the end of the day, I don't think they're going to beat the Chargers. The Chargers have a lot more to play for. They're playing better. And and I just don't think we're going to adjust enough. I mean, I'm just – it's just disappointing. And and something – when you see a team that had – 
an opportunity so many different times, but because we didn't make any adjustments, we didn't make any changes, the season just got away from us. Yes. And the Chargers are coming off a loss to the Texans. Oh my God. Isn't that something? <laughs> Dude, the NFL's crazy this year. Man. It's crazy man. this year. And it looks like Jacksonville's going to get that number one pick. So they get Trevor Lawrence. They got ETN coming next year. If they pick a good coach, like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, That's that shot. next coach going in there is like, oh, yeah, I might be able to do something with this. Exactly. <laughs> they got to pick a good, a pick a good one, but yeah. Uh, chargers coming in losing. How do you let them score 41 points on you? That's the crazy part. That's, that, the, crazy that's part. the thing about the chargers, you know, <laughs> chargers will charger. Yes. But, but here's the thing. Normally after a game like that, they normally play well. That's the sad. That's the, that bad is the sad part. Yeah. That's the bad part for us is that when the chargers have a letdown game, like that, they normally come back and play very well. So that's not going to bode well against the, the the Broncos. And also, the Chargers, man, they just they they play the Broncos well. No, they they play the Broncos. That's well. the only team the Broncos have been able to compete with in the AFC West here. Yeah, since yeah, Fangio's yeah. been around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which they, is they sad. And that's a good team. And that's why I said that's that's part of the reason why you cannot lose to the Chiefs and to the Raiders all the time and keep your job because that is what you get hired to do. You get hired to win those games. You don't get hired to compete against the Chargers. You get Jim hired. Jim Harbaugh had, like, what, five great seasons and he was losing in Ohio State and he lost almost lost his job. And that team's I ten know. times better than they were before they got there. You got to beat I Ohio know. State sometimes. Exactly. If you, if you cannot beat the Raiders and the Chiefs, you can't keep your job in them. Well, no, Here. it's not to beat the charges. <laughs> Look, you don't you don't get hired to beat the charges. So, with that being said, Ray, I, I, I really want to say different <laughs> when I just don't believe it no more, man. I, I, I don't. I don't believe it. I think the Chargers are going to come out and have a great game. Mm-hmm. The Chargers have shown that they can change and adjust. We'd have it. And it's a, I, I, I mean, how do you feel about this? Game? No, I'm with you. I think, I think things have changed a little bit though, because the players are smart. They know there's going to be some change coming soon. Uh, probably not till the end of the season. They're going to be wanting to put some of that good game film out there. Cause there probably hasn't been a lot this year. Yeah. So like Kenny young, if he gets out there, Weatherly, all these guys, they want to and Fuller. They want to put some good game tape out there. Now, will that be the dent to the detriment of a team effort? Maybe, maybe. I mean, it just depends on on how they look at it. I don't think that I honestly they're going to L.A. Um, and that's the thing that you know the Broncos beat them before, and they beat them handily at home. Which that was, you know, one of the the, the best wins they've had, you know, twenty thirteen. Yeah. So the oh, Chargers yeah. are gonna, yeah, the Chargers are gonna be pissed off. They're gonna be playing at home, and and quite frankly, the worst thing we ever did was put it on film because we've we've shown that we won't change. So all yeah. I have to do is look at the film like the Raiders did, 
and come back. <laughs> Look, uh, last time we ran the ball well against the Raiders, Raiders watched the film, we didn't change, and they stuffed us. So if that if that is the same thing, I'm thinking the run game probably won't work well. <laughs> you want to hear my analogy, funny Ray? It's uh when I play Madden against somebody that's not very good at Madden, they always either like cloud over or something. And I always pick the one play that beats that every single time. And that's fun. And that's what I feel like the Broncos do. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's the schemes and not necessarily the players. I don't think the Broncos are going to come out and win this weekend, even though I want them to, I think maybe if I pick against them, then um, they'll get some good juju because every time I pick them in these games, they end up winning, um, winning or uh, losing. I, I thought, I thought, I didn't think there was any way they're going to lose to the Raiders. None. Like I mean, zero. It, it, let's see. Let's see. That is, that is, I mean, if you think about it, that is the tale of two takes for, for the Broncos. The Raiders, everything is changing and they're yeah. still winning. And oh, still man. Winning. They have weird because, stuff happening all year. Yeah. Not just normal change, stuff, weird stuff. Because change makes you think more. And it yeah. makes you uncomfortable and it makes you focus more. You when you nothing change, you can get relaxed. And that is the worst to me, the worst uh or the worst, I would say, problem of the, the biggest problem for success is comfort. Sure. You know, when you go out there and you get comfortable because you don't grow, you don't think. That is our. That's been our problem, man. I just think it's just been too much comfort in the Broncos' locker room, uh-huh. the Broncos' play. It's just too. That's like at the beginning of the season. Justin Simmons, he's starting to have a great year now. Came on. Yeah, but he, he got, was slow starting. Yeah, but he got beat deep three mm-hmm. or four weeks in a row. Yes, he did. You know, and and it's it's just like. Okay. That's why I didn't make the Pro Bowl, probably. Yeah, it's like, okay, I, I'll, I'll eventually change. No, you got to change now. You know, yeah. it's too much comfort. You know, people were too easy and too laxed around. So by the time you did make changes, it's too late. You know, and mm-hmm. that's kind of that's sums up the season. If Justin would have made a change probably in the first two games and then get beat deep, three games, four games in a row, he'd probably be in the Pro Bowl. For sure, but you're, but you're adjusting too late, and now you miss out, and that's kind of what the season is. We we don't adjust, or we adjust too late, so we're gonna miss out on the playoffs. You're gonna that's laugh. That. I was on a Raiders broadcast last week. They called me up, and I guess Raider Nation's not fond of uh, Derek Carr. They th- they they don't think he's a very good quarterback. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, man, too many checkdowns. Blah 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 blah. I go send him our way. I go, you know, you don't know, you don't know anything. And that's what you're talking about. Complacency, you know, they're willing to get rid of Derek Carr when they don't have no plan, except Marcus Mariota sitting there on the bench. That's crazy talk. Exactly. (laughs) And and we're not willing to do anything. Yeah, we're not willing to do any of that. I said, could you send Marcus this way too? I'll try him out too. I liked him as a duck. Who knows? Yeah, Maybe they misused him in the with Tennessee. Who knows? I don't know. I whatever. It, that's the yeah, thing. So yeah, we're we're at the point of the season, man, where I'm not gonna lie. Players either do one or two things. 
you're going to have some players that are that are playing for their hearts because they're really playing to audition for another team mm-hmm. or they're playing to audition, you know, for for the next year for their job. <clears throat> and then you're going to have some U-Haulers. We, we call them U-Haulers. Sure. Some players... Some players already got the U-Haul in the, in the parking lot. Melvin Gordon could be one of those guys. He's like and, done and after just don't this. Know which, yeah, you don't know which one's going to show up until you see the game. You just have to wait and see. Because I'm right. not going to lie, I, I've been on several teams where I, I never I never would have thought one guy was a U-Hauler. And then come game day, I'm like, oh, he packed it in. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, and I used to, and I, and I'm serious as a captain. I used to walk up to those guys and say, hey, man, I, I know you got your U-Haul in the parking lot, but we still playing. We still got a game. <laughs> we got to go so, and finish this yeah, strong. Yeah. Go unpack your clothes and, 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 and let's, let's finish up, you know? So, I mean, there was one time though, <laughs> just, just to bring a little light to the situation. We you hauled we you hauled uh Wade Phillips last game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, we played New Orleans. We were we were seven. We were uh <laughs> we were seven and not no seven and eight. We were uh-huh. seven and eight. We were seven and eight going into the game, playing at home against New Orleans. And and if we win that game, we end up eight and eight. Yeah. There's a chance Wade Phillips keeps his job. Uh-oh. If we lose that game, we have a losing season. We knew he's he, you know, he's getting fired if he had to lose the season. That sure. was already that was already the thing. They was like, you know, if he has to lose the season, he's getting fired. So there was no way in hell we were gonna win that New Orleans game. <laughs> you talking talk about you talking about 55 U-Hauls in the parking lot of Broncos Stadium? <laughs> we were already at home. <laughs> yeah, you know, Ray, Orleans I know- Came out and commenced a beating the dog out of us, and and the rest is history. We get shot at, <laughs> and uh, the rest of you guys are in Hawaii next week. But exactly, you know, I know you talked to a bunch of Bronco greats. How are they feeling about it? Are they feeling the exact same way about you, like you do, or is is there frustration out there because this is a proud franchise, and like. The Denver Broncos were that second window team that always got the national game in the second window. If the Broncos are on, that's the game that was getting the big boys coming. Right. To it. And that doesn't happen anymore. Like that's over. Yeah, it's definitely been frustrating. It's been frustrating for, for the alumni probably in the last four or five years. I mean, even with, with when you have, uh, I mean, for one, with Mr. Bowling, you know, yes. being ill, and then you see the turmoil from the top, mm-hmm. from the ownership, you know, with all the fighting and all that. That's been frustrating because we, as as alumni, know how proud Mr. Bowling was and, and what he did for the league and for the team and for the players, and and that that's in disarray. <clears throat> so so from, everything starts from top to bottom. I sure. tell people. Organizations that are really good have great ownership, great team, great coaches. It goes all the way down. The ones that aren't good, like the the, the Bengals and, and the Washington football team, they have bad owners. Right. You know, they have, a lot of them have bad owners. You know, even Jacksonville. You know, mm-hmm. when you look at it, so so that part is frustrating. But then it's frustrating. You know. Can't find a quarterback, can't find a coach. 
Right. That's super frustrating, for, for, especially for guys who played under Shanahan, when Shanahan was coach, you know, or even Fox was, you know, was a good coach. But when you when you go to the fan, Vance Joseph's of the world, the big fan Joseph, where you, you can't find a coach. You, know, you can't find right. a coach. So, I mean, they went from Dan Reeves. Yeah, so he's that, a good coach. Yeah, that's what's frustrating is that you know, the Broncos are are in that realm of they can't get a quarterback, they can't get a coach. And that's stuff that you say about bad teams. Yes. Bad organizations. Yeah. That's not stuff you say about the Broncos. Right. So when you hear those things, that's what's most frustrating for the, you know, for the past players is we're not used to even listening or hearing the Broncos being spoke about in that light. Right. Let me ask you this. A crazy idea. What if I know it'd probably be a no, but let's say, the best coach for the Denver Broncos would be Mike Tomlin, right? And you know he's going to say no, but you put a feeler out there and you offer him all the money. And you make him say no first. Is that a dumb idea? Um, You know what I'm saying? Like, at least make the offer and be he, he could be like, no, nah, you're crazy. But make him tell you you're crazy. Quite frankly, I just, I don't think the Broncos... I don't think they'll do it. I know. I think they'll rather go get a fresh, a different fresh coach. No, I want, I want to, I want to retread. I want someone that's <laughs> done it before. Like Dan Quinn is a guy I think that could come in here. I love Bowles. He's done it before. I mean, you know who else I really like? I don't know if he's getting talked about a lot. Byron Leftwich. Yeah. I like, yeah, I like the way he, I, dude, look at all the stuff they've been through this year. And he's been able to, you know, they had a game or two bad weeks. That happens. But like, I think yeah. he's been phenomenal. Yeah, I, I definitely like, and I, and I like his, uh, you know, innovative offense. He's very creative. And I, and I just think that's, that's what we are. We tried Vance Joseph, mm-hmm. who's a defensive guy. Sure. We tried Fangio's defense. Got to get an offensive guy. Got to get okay. an offensive coach. You know, well, that's offensive minded. Okay. I'm with you on that. As long as yeah, he doesn't think, have to call the plays. Yeah, I think at this point, though, you have to find one of those Shanahan's, you know, one of those young, offensive, creative minded guys. Who's your I guy? Do you have one like Leftwich? Do you like Kellen Moore? I like Leftwich. Eric uh, B. Enemy. Like I don't. Uh, I love Eric Bieniemy because I like Eric Bieniemy. The only thing I just be honest. The only thing about Eric Bieniemy, I'm not a hundred percent sold that he's doing the offense. You know, oh. it's it's too many times I see Reed, you know, taking over. So I'm not. I'm, I just don't know exactly how much. And I love him. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, yeah. a friend of mine played against him. All that stuff. But I just don't know how much he's doing. And I think that was a problem of him getting a job before. Was and I think that, other, too. And, and yeah, some of the other owners were saying, you know, how much are true. you really doing? You know, how much of this offense are you really running? How much of the plays are you really calling? You just don't know. If you could just pick an offense, let's just say it's uh, – Tampa v Kansas City. I know we're going off on a tangent here, but I love this. What would you pick? I think I'd rather go uh, 
Tampa, I think Kansas City's offense is predicated by just those players. Yeah. They've proven yeah. when those players are out. I think Tampa, yeah. they've been able to fill holes here and there. And and and, and Tampa have big body wide receivers like we have in Evans, yep. and Tampa have a, a big body tight end, Grump, you know. So that that offense fits our body type sure. better than the Chiefs offense. The Chiefs yeah. offense is predicated on explosiveness, great, great guys that, that run great routes. And, and great guys that are one-on-one players. Sure. We don't have those players on our offense. So the Chiefs offense wouldn't fit our players like Tampa's offense would fit our players. Well, and before Tom Brady got there, there was a really good offense. They just were throwing too many picks. Jameis Winston exactly. was just giving the ball away. That was yeah. like an explosive offense without Tom Brady, even though obviously yeah. having Tom Brady helps. I mean, come on now. I mean, no, no, you know, but I think that was a good offense before. So, I mean, there's plenty of guys out there, Ray. I think uh, I just want him to pick the right one. And if he picks, uh, if George Payton picks a Vikings cast off, I think Broncos country are all going to collectively, their brains are all going to explode just like on scanners. Like we don't want that. We don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, you know, we already had this discussion in, in Broncos country where I'm going to bring the Vikings away. No, <laughs> we want the yeah. Broncos way. We don't want, what if you guys want yeah. that being uh-huh. said, Peyton, everything he's done to this point has been good, except firing, yeah. except, except firing. Uh, making changes. Yeah. Except, except firing. He, he left that in the hands of Fanjo. Yeah. But something that was something that would happen in two weeks and I can't wait for it to happen before yes. we close out. Gotta say, you know, rest in peace to the great John Madden. Yes. Who, who, man, let me tell you. Do you have a story? That's, well, that's part of the reason why, to be honest, I started, you know, he, he's been a fixture in football so long that mm. with me being a Raiders fan, yeah. growing up Steelers and Raiders fan, I got to see him as a coach. Sure. Then I got to see him as a broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Then you get to know him as the game. So think about this. When you say legend, there is nothing more legendary than being known by three different generations, three different ways. You have one generation that calls him one of the greatest coaches ever. You have another generation that says, all I wanted to be was on the all Madden team. And all I wanted to do was, was to hear John Madden go boom and yeah. say it was my name that he's talking about. And then you have another generation that says, all I want to do is kick your ass in the Madden game. <laughs> right. Well, and John Madden I, called the uh, Super Bowl for against Falcons. Him and Pat Summerall did that game on Fox. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, no. I think you went out on. Are you good now? Nah. No. Mike, check two. Check two. All right. We back. Nope. Ah, come on. All right. I'm going to finish with this. (laughs) We'll make it sound bad. Um, Here we go. Say it again. How about that? There we go. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, let's end it with that. Uh, You know, RIP John Madden for sure. Raiders got the, are traveling to the Colts this weekend and the Chiefs are at the Bengals. I think there's a good chance both those teams end up losing this weekend. Joe Burrow's legit. 
Yeah, yeah. Colts are just nasty. I don't. I don't think. I don't think the, the Chiefs are going to lose to the Bengals, though. Really? I think the Colts. Yeah, I think the Colts will will get the Raiders with the way the Colts are playing now, and and I just I just like the coaching staff of the Colts. Right. I, I like what they do. They adjust very well. They do everything that they do everything well that we don't do, and then. For the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are just they're getting ready, man. The Chiefs are fi- finding a way, and, and that defense is coming along. You know, like I said last week, I told you I didn't feel that the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to beat the Chiefs because that defense. That defense right. is starting to amp it up, and they're getting healthy at the right time, and that front seven is playing its butt off. So I, I think – just think we were able to to <laughs> hold the Bengals down. Right. And, so I, I think the Chiefs has way more firepower than we have. They're not gonna. I, they can't. They cannot. The Bengals won't be able to score enough with them. Barrow is not going to have a 500 passing yard day against the Chiefs. I guarantee you that. Andy <laughs> Reid's not going to be dumb enough to give him any bulletin board material. Exactly. You know I he loves have. that. Yeah. So all right. I I can't root for that, Ray. So, hence, I'm not going to agree with you, and I'm going to pick the Chiefs to lose. So. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> good stuff, Ray. Hey, I appreciate you, and uh, we'll have one more and then a wrap-up. We'll see what happens. No, man, it's getting, look, it's getting tough, man, when, you, when there's no changes being made and you have to look at the film like we do and have to say, damn, just do something different. <laughs> nice, right? Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see if it happens this week. And then maybe they'll surprise us and the Broncos will go out there and put one on the Chargers. So good stuff, Ray. Thank you for everything. And I'll catch you next week, bud. Yes, sir. All right, All baby. Right. Thanks. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy for sure. Happy Have New a great, Year. Yeah. And we look, man, next time I talk to you, it'll be 2022. I know. I'll be a couple <laughs> days older. I'll be close. I'll be close. I'll be on my way to the double digits. Have a good one. Bye. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube